Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I'm standing on a sidewalk on a sunny July evening with a man. There it is. There's the motorcycle I was I was asking for. With a man I call Matt Costa. Could you introduce yourself, please? Yes, this is Matt Costa, and we're on the corner of East 11th Avenue. And uh, I don't know what the other street is right here. I think it's called St. George, but we're behind the Biltmore. That is true. Just a, just a couple doors down. So how's your day been going? It's good. I just uh, I drove up from uh, Seattle, stopped in Bellingham, and had a really good sandwich with my band. What kind of sandwich? Uh, it was from a place called the Old World Deli, and I had the spicy Italian. It was good. It was good. <laughs> How was your border crossing? It was pleasant, actually. It can get crazy, but this one, I talked to the guy. He was a drummer, and so he uh, we talked about drums. And then he was try- He was helpful trying to get me some other um, stuff that I need for the future. He was trying to look it up, because every time I go through, they have- I have some extra paperwork that I have to do, you know, because it's just like get in trouble and so uh, and I told him I was like it's really hard to find on the internet and he's like well let me help you look it up and then we sat there for half an hour of him trying to find what I'll need for the future and he couldn't even find it so I guess I'm going to have to hire someone when I get home that's really nice though when a fellow band brother tries to help you out when they're in a position of relative authority he was super sweet yeah he was awesome and so his name what was his name? Uh, it's going to come back to me in a second, but he was. I'll think of it, and I'm going to give him a shout-out. So you're here in Vancouver tonight to play some songs, those songs off your latest record. That record is called Santa Rosa Fangs. So we're going to hear Sharon in a second, but I would love you to tell me the overarching story behind this record. Oh, yeah. Well, there's Sharon and her two brothers, Richie and Tony, and uh, it's basically about how... Um, her loss of them has kind of jaded her opinion and uh, and her trust in and just life and people in general. And so I kind of weave in and out of the story and uh, remember uh, remember situations that she's been in and also that um, that I've I've crossed paths with Sharon as well. And so yeah, that's the that's a little bit about it. And it's all based uh, in. Southern or Southern Northern California spans throughout the, the state, and that's where the uh, that's where I grew up. So that's that's where, and my family is from there, and so that's why it's set there. So Matt, I would love it if you could pretend that the people listening to this interview have never heard of you before. They don't know that you're an ex skateboarder that was sidelined by an injury. All they know is they're about to listen to the song Sharon. Prepare them for it. Uh, Sharon, well, yeah. You know, it's a it's it's a rock song, and uh, I started off writing folk music when I was a kid, but only in preparation to write all sorts of different kinds of songs. And uh, yeah, this is a this is a uh, it's a rock song, you know, inspired by sort of a. I had this like tick in my brain for the past uh, the past like 20 years. It started off as like around around, and then I was saying, around around, and then I was like, what is that? And then eventually I cleaned out my ears just recently over the last, like, well, couple years before I wrote this song. And I realized it was saying, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. And then I've been cured ever since. And I got a song out of it, too. And then Sharon became sort of the centerpiece for the record. Look, she's going out tonight. See her aquarium friend. I'm 
She knows not what she feels She don't know if she's living or dying Her pocket's full of pills When she's cold in Amber Coast to Maine On a snowy winter's day She'll cut you like she cut me Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Sharon off the record Santa Rosa Fangs by a man named Matt Costa. Matt, you were telling me about how Sharon is the central character on this record, and it's a story. So, can we pick up from there? Yeah. Well, it is, it is a story, and it's centered around Sharon. And she loses her two brothers in the tragic accidents, and it kind of sets her on this course of like trying to... Um, well, she shuts herself off from people, and she also um, and she also tries to to numb that pain. And so, at different times, uh, she even has a long distance relationship that's like via the internet, and and uh, and it's all the way, it's eight thousand miles away. And so, I that's kind of something that I found was 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 more common now because of the internet. You can you people people that I've known especially a younger generation people of my generation are having these relationships that are you know transatlantic or tr- like across the Pacific and far far away countries and so it seemed like a phenomena that wasn't possible before and so so she she dives into that as far as like a safety but also some sort of comfort in relationship and and uh, sort of the statement within that is sort of how we can have these long distance relationships and sort of block ourselves off with a distance but all the feelings that we have even though it's still cyber we still feel real things from it so that's that's a little bit about it too there he is there's that motorcycle guy there he is yeah yeah he's revving it up 
Whenever I do an interview outside, there's always a guy that drives right by in a motorcycle. And for anybody who works with sound, they know that is hell to edit around. Yeah, yeah. But back to Sharon. So Sharon is the second song on the record. So is it a linear story or are these just snippets put together and strung together in the order they sound good? How does it work? Yeah, it's it. Well, it's not linear. It's it's more about just like sort of as if I were to score a film. uh, And this is sort of the soundtrack to the film. So the film never existed, but I came off the heels of scoring a documentary when I went to make this record. So I had like really strong visual. I've always had really strong visuals whenever a chord or a lyric strikes something, then that's when I know I continue a song when I start to see it in my mind's eye. And so for this one, I figured I'm going to score this. I'll set, make the setting and these characters and, and a plot and then have, a, have this be the score to it. But at the same time, I feel like some of on the back of the record I have some liner notes that disclose more of the story and there's been some other places on the internet that I've disclosed more of the story too. But the songs I think and that is more of a score to this to this film that I think that the listener can uh can project onto uh onto their own eyelids or onto their own lifestyle or whatever their own life or whatever it may be. I've read a quote of yours that goes something to the effect of, it goes something to the effect of when a song is finished for you, you have a concrete image in your mind and that's how you know when to stop writing it. I'd love you to tell me a bit about that. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's when, it's when it, you know, the, the vision has kind of, has been, ooh, it's okay. (laughs) It's a little dog just walked up to say hi. Yeah, yeah. I think the dog's bigger than that kid almost, he's a little stronger. What's your dog's name? Iggy. And what type of dog is he? He's a Labradoodle. He looks like he wants to go over there, so it was nice to talk to you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Sweet. Goodbye, Iggy. See you, Iggy and Iggy's master. So, yeah, yeah, it's, I find that it, uh, that it, I, I find that it feels solid in my mind, and I, I can see the whole picture, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that the song is necessarily finished evolving on its own. I feel like it's finished for me, and then and therefore, it can. It, it basically takes on life of its own, and uh, especially this record too, with the characters and things. I feel like they've even grown since, uh, or the idea of them has grown since I finished this record. So before we move on too much, we're going to hear another song. I'm going to play "I Remember It Well." So why don't you tell me the image that came to you and crystallized in your head when you knew it was done? Well, I'll tell you the color of this song is sort of is sort of a is a green color. The, the the songs sort of all have colors to me, and this is, this is a green. But I think that uh, this one, uh, the the image that came to my head in this one was just a uh, was just um, it was it was just walking down St. John Street, and St. John Street can be um, can be the town can be the you know a street that it's a street to me that was in Northern California. Imaginary or real. It's imaginary, that one is. Uh, and I feel like, he, uh, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, uh, John or St. John, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of history there within that in itself. John the Baptist, John the Revelator, uh, Mississippi John Hurt. So I feel like that's, that's sort of the St. John, these sort of in, the intersections of our lives. So people should be trying to think of an intersection and then putting their own image on top of that. Yeah, totally. The trees. Sharon's there. She's crying on the ground. 
and uh, and her tears are red like wine. I remember when you were a mess. Said we'd look back then on all of this. You had an the interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track i remember it well that song is by matt costa off his latest record santa rosa fangs we're on the street outside the biltmore and everybody is going about their evening activities so i forgot to ask you this question i remember it well there's a number one and a number two on the record yeah it's obvious if you listen to them what the differences are but why did you decide to put two versions on this record well, I'll tell you, the last one is more of a yellow color. 
and uh, it, it kind of eases us out of it. The first one sort of welcomes you in and uh, more jubilant, but at the same time still nostalgic. And then it takes us on this journey through the whole record. And the final one sort of eases us out of this world that we've kind of entered and, and, been, and then we come out of it. You know, two different portals into the uh, Santa Rosa things. You know, as a sense, there's two... Uh, <laughs> He's making snake teeth and trying to bite my arm. Yeah, two snake teeth that bite in your arm. So those are the t- and two, two ways to enter and exit. So I'm just going to clarify, the song that we heard in full was I Remember It Well, version number one. And while we're talking in the background, I'll play a little bit of version number two. Our guy's back. He's back. Iggy's back. And he's met a friend. Yeah. A little stooge. A tangle. <laughs> Whoa. Iggy's determined to tie the owners and the dogs together. No, it's, yeah, there they are. It's fun. Look at them. Strangely similar looking. Now they do. What's your dog's name? Yeah. Finn. Your dog's name is Finn, and what type of dog is he? He's an Australian Shepherd Poodle Cross. He's pretty lively for a non-puppy. He's too mid-middle mid, ground. <laughs> Australian Shepherd Poodle, what's yours? Labradoodle. Labradoodle. Sweet. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, okay. Oh, good job. Oh. All right. Oh. There we go. Yeah, we're doing we're just recording some some of our voices. Ooh. We're not having as much fun as these guys, these though. Guys. Whoa. <laughs> All right. No, That's okay. It was a delight. You guys are having fun. Oh, enter the third dog. Enter the third dog. This could get. This could throw a whole different dynamic to it. This one's like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, they don't even care. Oh, the little oh. guy's like, oh, I'm caught in the middle. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> 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 and that's just done. I was like, oh, back to normal. Okay. Hey, time's gone. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. All right. Wow. You got poop right there. All right. Iggy is now going to the washroom, and we'll get back to Santa Rosa Fangs. Yep. This record took five years between this one and the last one. You had five years to sort of do other stuff. I'd love you to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of having so long to make another record. Well, during the time I was doing some, uh, I made some EPs, like five of those, and I did a, uh, I did some music for, uh, I mentioned earlier for film, and that was, that was that was really, uh, that was really cool. And I released those EPs by myself, and I just put them out, and that was a really creative time for me to just explore some. I don't know, explore some different textures and put out some things that maybe were, like, I felt more illuminating to sort of the process. They weren't, some of them were less refined ideas in those ones. And uh, and I and I felt that it kind of 
it was more just getting it out during that time trying some stuff out and seeing seeing how that felt um and all that stuff really shaped the conceptual ideas that i that i had when i came to make santa rosa fangs and the interesting thing about it is is that when you go to tour you know after that long for like five years or something you know a little bit of a a a little bit of a halt there in the touring so to get back on it and do that is a has been has been a little different you know getting getting back on the horse and riding it but i do feel like that i did study a lot of different kinds of music during that time as well different styles some more classical and jazz and and really worked on some studio techniques as well and i feel like i've come back to the um to the stage with a new zest for uh for performing too what's been the best part of getting back on the road after leaving your desk job yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh well, it's, you know, once you start going, it's, for me, I have a hard time leaving the house. When I'm there, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Some days I'll have fantasies about leaving the house. I'll say, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drive off today. And then I'll get ready, I'll get in the car, I'll get everything all packed up, and I just won't do it. And, but the thing is, the second that I actually do leave, then it's like 30 minutes down the road. I'm like, well, now I just, now I don't ever want to go back, and I'm just going to be out here forever. So... Um, the advantages are is that when you get the routine of being on the road and traveling around doing that, it gets it gets easy and time starts to fly when you're doing it. And then falling back into that routine when you get back home is, is a little bit different. So you kind of have to you have to wind down from that. I know that you're going to come back home because you've got a wife that you've left at home, and that is a nice segue into the next song I'm going to play, which is going to be Real Love. It's a good segue because my wife sings on it. She does sing on that one. She's a good singer. That's why I keep her around. And uh, she keeps me in check. And she's also been really inspiring to me as far as... Um, she's, a, she's, she's a photographer and she's, a, she's an artist in her own right. So, so she's a, we've been married for 10 years. And uh, we got married after two months. And we just kind of dove into that. And uh, we never looked back after that. And it's been, it's been wonderful. A lot of couples will have fun rituals they do while one of them is on the road touring. Can you share one of yours? A fun ritual? Like uh, some sort of FaceTime ritual or something? What is the ritual? I, you know, we're really, bad, like, we're really bad at communicating with each other when we're on the road. You know, I try to do a little bit of talking here and there, but um, I think my wife gets stoned more when I'm gone. <laughs> How do you know that? Because uh, because my my drummer is uh, the reason why I met my wife is because my drummer my drummer's wife they're they're best friends and so he'll tell me after the show he's like I guess our wives are smoking weed and I said really well I didn't know that so then I text her stone and then I just get like a silly face response I said we're having fun.
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Real Love off the record Santa Rosa Fangs by a man called Matt Costa. Matt, is there one fun fact you can tell me about this song? Um, wait, sorry, what was it again? <laughs> Real Love, the song with your wife singing in it. A fun fact, a fun fact is that it's in... Uh, is that it's in five four and uh, which is means that instead of having four beats per uh, per bar one two three four it goes one two three four five, and that always gives uh, musicians a little a little more to think about you know mess, can can mess with the other musicians and that's always fun. So I wanted to ask you how creativity or your relationship with it changes when you're in your thirties because a lot of very potent songs and records were made by guys and girls and people who don't. Ide- identify as either in their 20s while they're figuring stuff out, railing against the world, etc, etc, etc. You have, you've done your record dealing with dependency, you've gotten married, you're stable, all that stuff. You're in your 30s. What is your relationship with creativity now that all of the struggling of your 20s is over? Well, I think that throughout our lives, there's always new struggles. Um, I think the older you get, you realize your own mortality more and more. And so you realize how important every moment is, and and, um, and you realize that the things that, when you sit down to create something, you realize how important that is, and you realize how important it is to do it well, and and reflect on those things that um, that 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 you've experienced, and always sort of push yourself. I always, you know, think of it as sort of like a, you know, sort of whatever you're whatever you're putting in your system. You just have to remember to keep inputting, inputting things in your system, things that inspire you, whether it's films or artwork or things like that. I get a lot of inspiration from films and and museums and things like that, and I've um, been able to draw more on. Uh, when I when I first started songwriting, it was it's easy to, and it's a tool when you take your own life directly, your own life, and then you you sing about that. But I but I've always um, try tried to take from either novels that I've been reading and like interpret those into music or other things and and as I've gotten older it's been like other people's other people's stories you know empathizing with them and writing from their perspective with this record it's it's a little bit of all of that you know there's it can at any age I think that the reflection on those feelings and things can be you can be really young and and reflect on that or you can also be really old and reflect on those things and so I don't think there's a age limit to that the reflection that we have throughout our lives um, is constantly changing, but um, you know, perspective is something that we gain new every day, and I think that's that's us, that's uh, it's continually inspiring muse. Can you tell me one strange and weird movie, film, book, TV show, etc., that's inspired you lately that people wouldn't expect from Matt Costa? Well, let's see. I mean, uh, right now I'm reading. Um, Widow Basquiat, about Basquiat's relationship, uh, and I'll, I'll think about the uh, as far as as far as artwork and things. You know, I like a lot of the surrealist um, artists, Man Ray and things like that, and Max Ernst too. I'm reading a little Max Ernst on his uh, on his relationship with alchemy. For people who don't know, Max Ernst is who? Max Ernst is. Well, he's a he's a painter and uh, and an artist, um, you know, part of the surrealist movement, and so he did a lot of he did a lot of cool cool 
cool things and I, I like a lot of those those concepts that those artists develop as far as even songwriting tools and exercises when you sit around you can take a lot of those um, sort of exercises and then use them in the creative process so that's how I like a lot of the um, kind of taking things from different mediums and transferring them to others I would love to play an older song I picked of course Mr. Pitiful but I would love it if you could veto me and pick a song, an older song that you're missing that maybe you don't play in the live show. Uh, Johnny's Love of Magic. And why did you choose this song? Because my band's been asking me to play it recently. They said they like that song. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we all need a little bit of a, we all need a little bit of magic in our lives now. Sean was a good boy And Sean was my friend Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track. Johnny's Love of Magic. And that's by Matt Costa, off the record. That's off my third record called Mobile Chateau. And that was my first uh, that was my first time self-producing a full-length record. So, Matt Costa, you are strongly connected to California. You grew up there. You live there now. For people who don't know California as well as you, it has a certain mystique. People see it one way in the media. I'd love you to talk about California and your relationship to it, but talk about the side that people who don't live there or didn't grow up there haven't seen and how it relates to your music. Sorry for the long question. No, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I grew up in... Uh, 
I, I, I grew I was born in LA um, and uh, I was born at a hospital that's no longer a hospital anymore I don't know if it's been torn down I heard that if you're born in a hospital that's torn down that's bad luck but it's uh, we can start that rumor right now but it's not torn down now it's called the Dream Center it's off the 101 so the 101 is one of the veins that lead up the coast of California that's on that goes all the way to Northern California and and it runs pretty close to the to the Pacific Coast Highway. And then you have 5 and the 99. And I spent a lot of different times going up those those roads to my family member's house in, uh, in, the, in the Central Valley and in Northern California. And, uh, well, my, my aunt, who lived just outside of Modesto, also where my uncle lived, they lived there. And they built this house on this, um, on like an orange grove. And there's almond groves around there and stuff. It was a brand new house in the 90s. And so you wouldn't think a brand new house would be haunted. But it was, uh, I started seeing like lights moving around the fan and like bang, full poltergeist banging on the windows, blinds opening and closing, movements on the bed. And so my cousin uh, went to, she was working for the U.S. Marshals Department up in Washington. She goes to one of the psychics that they have who, who are, who, who work with uh, people within law enforcement. She asked, She walked into her office and says, I want to ask you about my mother. And she goes, it's about her house. She's like, it's definitely haunted. The house was burned down in a fire. And these ghosts are, are haunting it. It's children and a father. The mother's passed on, and they can't find the light. She goes, wow, okay. So she goes and tells her mom that. And as this is happening, then my aunt's able to like think about them, and then they can come in the room, and she can sit... You know, they sort of, she can feel their movement on the bed. And one evening, as my uncle's waiting for fire to die, he sees, like, an apparition appear, like, on the couch. And so eventually they have to have an exorcism, and then they have someone, a priest, come in, a Catholic priest, come in and exorcise the house. And since then, there hasn't been a problem. I never saw any of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep there. I would stay at my, my other cousin's house that was down the road. And so... While you're telling us this story, what song of yours should I be playing in the background? <laughs> what song should you be playing in the background? Man, uh, you could be playing... Uh, there's, a, there's a song, it's the last song on, um, on the Orange Sunshine soundtrack. I think it's called A Separate Piece. So that's kind of, it's kind of moody, and I uh, can set the mood to it. So that one... Another thing, too, is that... Uh, let's see, the, the other... The other parts of uh, California is not in, it's not in the, uh, not in the media. I mean, there's a, uh, I don't know. Everyone has their own personal experience with with their with where they grew up and where they live, and I don't think mine is definitive by any means of California, but I I know that um, that it's real to me. And I grew up skateboarding, and I grew up like like sneaking into like, high, you know, junior like high schools and skating at those places and getting turned on to music from those skate videos and things and that that had a big influence on my creativity and also like how all like the skate spots that were around there before it was in the x games and things like that there was just you had to look at a sidewalk and uh and it was no longer just a sidewalk or a stairwell or things like that how or a high school was no longer just a high school it was this kind of iconic place that i was really i was starstruck by these like um architecture and so um, California also holds a lot of that, a lot of famous architecture that I think influenced uh, a lot of the way that a lot of skateboarders 
who became creative um, artists in their own right were influenced to tilt their perception on the on the world and and then be able to make art from that i know that that's one of the reasons that i i i got turned on to more creative things and was able to look at things a little a little differently was because at a young age i was doing that so that's a little bit more about california is that yeah well matt costa thank you very much for that i appreciate it it's the end of the show and i would love you to pick a song off santa rosa fangs for us to hear maybe pick a song that people won't hear when they come out and see you play live they won't hear <laughs> they uh well let's see or uh, you can pick one that you want us to hear it's up to you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay uh let's see mm, which one will they not hear <laughs> there's there's a lot that they're not gonna hear i only got like what like an hour or 15 minutes to play the song so um play most of them yeah well then why don't you pick one for us that you have a special affection for that people may not appreciate as much as you yeah um uh, well let's see we already we've got we've covered we've covered a lot of them so we already played sharon i remember it well and real love oh yeah okay i mean i i do have um I do have an affinity for Grudge. I like that tune. And so why did you choose Grudge? I chose Grudge because it's got a swagger to it. And it's the third song in the set on this one, on a good night. Some nights it's the fourth song in the set, and that's on an even better night. Nice. I love ending things on a swagger. Matt Costa, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you for having me on your show. It's been lovely. I liked our time with the dogs. And I liked our time as the sun was setting behind the buildings here on the corner. I will remember this well. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that was a cheesy ending. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now you can get me right and you can get me wrong. I know everybody talks, feels this way. Now give me a second cause you're out of line. Think you're afraid of love and honey, I'm just saying That you're afraid of love Cause it might just catch you a little off guard And a little out of breath Afraid of love coming at the wrong time I'm not the one to say it's not your kind
is Matt Costa, and you're listening to, what's the show name again? It's The Interview Show. Oh, The Interview Show. That Well, that makes sense. Hey, this is Matt Costa. You're listening to Scott Wood on The Interview Show. And thanks for listening. <laughs>